You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vaughn. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Each time Rashik tried to fix things, he made them worse. He had to change the world's plants to make them able to survive in the new harsh environment. Yet the change left the plants less nutritious to mankind. Indeed, the falling ash would make men sick, causing them to cough like those who spent too long mining beneath the earth. And so Rashik changed mankind itself as well, altering them so that they could survive. Rashik soon found a balance in the changes he made to the world, which was fortunate, for his power burned away quite quickly. Though the power he held seemed immense to him, it was truly only a tiny fraction of something much greater. Of course, he did end up naming himself the Sliver of Infinity in his religion. Perhaps he understood more than I gave him credit for. Either way, we had him to thank for a world without flowers, where plants grew brown rather than green, and where people could survive in an environment where ash fell from the sky on a regular basis. <laughs> so oh man they, they the epigraphs and hero of it just hit different you know so it's funny <laughs> there was a post on reddit uh, a few a little ways back where some guy was you know being a tryhard uh and talking smack about mistborn going this doesn't make any sense people can't survive like this like there's no way that the world building in here sucks there's no explanation for how you know plants and stuff like this could survive in an environment like this <laughs> my favorite comment in that thread was i think the top one was someone uh at least the top one at one point was someone just went hit him with a raffo <laughs> yeah no and yeah and then that that was they, uh, they were like i think he i think honestly he was some he said something to the effect of like does this ever get explained and we're like yes now just keep reading yeah <laughs> like, like drop again this is one of those things Brandon does really well, and this happens throughout the Cosmere. Whenever you find a weird thing that you're like, that doesn't make sense. How could that possibly happen? It usually will get explained later yeah, on. Yeah, he's so good at this that like the community itself, which, by the way, loves him. They're not trying to—it's it's more right, like right. they're poking fun at him. But he does this so well that it's a big deal when someone finds a small inconsistency and they start poking at it, right? Like one of his biggest inconsistencies— uh, has to do with something that I'm not going to spoil. Uh, so we're going to go straight into chapter five. We have a spoiler episode coming in for those of you who <laughs> can read or can listen to the spoiler episodes. But uh, yeah, I caught myself. So let's get to chapter five. All right. So uh, we open up with Ellen's point of view and he doesn't like controlling the Coloss. He says it feels weird to him. It says it feels... Uh, I really think when he mentions that it feels weird to him, I think it more so just feels weird that he's controlling a bunch of like bloodthirsty creatures. I don't think there's an actual like feeling that's messing with him at this point. I think it's more so he's like, eh, this is weird. Mm -hmm. But um, Vin points out, as we did in the previous episode, that the Steel Inquisitor is moving way faster than Allomancy should allow them. And Vin would know. Vin's a pro. And they turn. it turns out the Steel Inquisitor has extra spikes spikes that marsh when marsh was explaining at the end of the final empire um it, they have extra spikes that they don't they did not have at that point and they count pewter spikes two steel spikes through the eyes one in the shoulders six in the ribs two steel four bronze and pewter in total in the ribs 
and these extra spikes, they have no idea what's going on with them. Um, another thing that they're trying to find out is, although they're consistently burning Malatium uh, to avoid... Or is it Electrum? Electrum. Electrum, okay. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. Saying, not Malatium. Yeah, Electrum, okay. Uh, as, uh, as often as they're burning Electrum to avoid being uh, the effects of Atium, none of the Inquisitors seem to have Atium. Not a single one. And they believe Ruin is out there directing the Inquisitors, and it knows their plans and everything. So the Mist are, like, the big thing here is the Mist are already starting to choke the life out of the outermost dominances. They're starting to stay way too long, and the crops are beginning to fail, essentially. Well, Ellen goes, all right, we are, uh, let's go back into the city for what we came for. And Fatrin comes out and is now straight up listening to Ellen, like, let's go. Let's go, you know, a certain death, and uh, now we're not dying. So Ellen's the man, he's the boss, and uh, Fatrin comes over there. My favorite part, what happened? They were just so scared of a small force that, you know, you broke their minds? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. That's essentially what happened. (laughs) But um, Vin's like, Ellen, you shouldn't have done this. And Ellen's like, yo, thousands of lives were at stake, and I'm just going to... I'm going to do what I do, and you got to deal with that. Vin's like, all right. But uh, the the thing that I found really interesting here is that we have this time skip, right? And we're starting to see the little world building again with Brandon in the sense that Vin already knows she snags one Coloss out of the group and brings it through the people. And she's already talking about how the Coloss need to walk around them because they need to learn to not fear the Coloss because they're using them as an army and they're going to be with them all the time at this point. And so people have to get used to them being around. And she's already thinking of that, bringing one around with them, walking with her so that people can see them. But they go back to the Steel Ministry building and it turns out that just like Kredik Shaw... Still Ministry Building had a hidden bunker. And when they went in, there was just rows and rows and shelves of of canned food, basic supplies, medical supplies, just all down in the in, in this bunker. And Fatron's like, oh, you came to rob us. When he's talking to Ellen, when he first sees that, and we see a little bit more defiance, and Ellen turns and goes, nope, I came to conquer you. That's a difference. And now these are all mine. <laughs> so, and I didn't get appreciate this when I first read it, but this bunker is so huge that they say that that town of like a few thousand people could survive for years on mm-hmm. the food that's there. So yep. it's huge. Yep. Absolutely huge. And we get this little moment here where Vin is, we get Vin's point of view and she's thinking about everything that's happened. And it turns out that the Lord Ruler knew this day would come. They are actually going to legitimate bunkers that, that, that the Lord Ruler had designed, essentially. And they don't know why they're there, but they they know they are there. And Vin points out and goes and has hope because he goes, if the Lord Ruler made these bunkers for people to survive, presumably from the mist, right? For the fact that it's starving everything. That means the Lord Ruler believed that Ruin could be beaten somehow. And they would just maybe need more time to do that. He believed he could win, essentially. So it turns out that in each one of these, there is a plate, a metal plate. We got a little hint of that in Well of Ascension, but they didn't really stay to read it. But each of these bunkers that they've been looking through, there's a, a, a steel plate that has a map that is connecting all the bunkers. Like each map connects to the previous one and the future one. Not There's not an, a single map that has all of them. 
And that is presumed, I guess, for if someone, an agent of Rune, essentially had seen the map, that they could not go and take all the bunkers out at once. They would only get access to a few. But on each of these uh, plates, they talk about some sort of secret. And this one talks about a Malatium, which, by the way, it is a Malatium. No, they don't. They're burning Electrum. Malatium, Malatium is the 11th metal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So the, the plate talks about the 11th metal, Malatium. And that also talks about how you can control the Chondra and the Coloss. And, yeah, and they're like, oh, well, this one doesn't help us. We've already figured the, all these out. But it takes them, the one this map, or shows them the final cache, which they all believe is the Lord Ruler's ATM. It has to be. Right, because these each of these maps have had a number. It would say one out of five, you know, and the yeah. next one was two out of five. And this so this one's four out of five. Yep, and they explained how in every other bunker there were certain sets of supplies. Uh, I want to say, I can't remember which ones they named. But they were like, oh yeah, the one in Louverdale had weapons. The one in this one had, you know, blank. And so like each one had different things that, that, that would be needed to, to resist Rune, essentially. And so they have to think, well, the final one has to have all the Lord Ruler's ATM, right? That's where it needs to be because that's their greatest resource. And it was at the end of the chain, so it'd be the last one that someone would stumble upon. So it yep. had to be the most important one. Yep. Well, they realized that it's in Fadric City, the city set left behind, the city where there's an obligator in charge now. And uh, at the very bottom of the plate, Vin reads this, and it's probably the scariest thing I read when I first was reading through this book. And it's, uh, be careful what you speak for. It can hear what you say. It can read what you write. Only your thoughts are safe. And that's the end of chapter five. So chapter six, very, very short. Bam, here we go. We get a Marsh point of view. He's super duper weak still. Um, he can have his thoughts when Rune is not focusing on him. But when Rune is focused on him, it's completely blotted out. He ha- he he doesn't exist, essentially. Uh, and he realizes that he never is going to gain enough control over his own body to kill himself. And uh, Marsh has new spikes. Spikes that the Lord Ruler withheld on purpose so that he could never threaten him. That's the end of six. So that, okay, chapter six, that is so huge. Just think about it. These new spikes, what is going on with, with what, what do they call it? Hemallergy. Mm-hmm. What is going on with hemallergy? The, the, the Steel Inquisitors had these spikes that supposedly give them different powers and such. And apparently it's so powerful that the Lord Ruler is like, no, nah, you're not allowed to have certain spikes. Certain spikes, right. So, oh boy, we saw how scary the Steel Inquisitors were. Can we imagine how much worse they could possibly be getting? Yeah, and so, well, you know, Vin's already pointed out that at least their one encounter with the Steel Inquisitor, he had, he was extra, he was faster than... Super fast, yeah. You know, and this is coming from a Mistborn, um, you know... With Pewter... And Duralamine and, and all that stuff. And they said, you know, even with Duralamine, this doesn't make any sense. So we're already seeing some some aspects of that. Um, I'm still I'm still kind of nerding out about the 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 epigraph All thing. Right. And here's here's one here's one of the things. So for example, <clears throat> um, I was mentioning one of the things I was going to try to point out was that Brandon always seems like he's retconning. Um, he very he he does it, but he very rarely does it. 
but this is not retconning. Like this is this was set up from the beginning. He had yeah. already said, "This is the world I'm going to build, and it's going to be on a planet that move that was moved because someone got ungodly powers with it, and the plants are going to be this way because you know it was all like built built from the beginning." Um, and we've and we've seen like he, he sets things up really, really, you know, really, really well ahead of time. In this case, you were mentioning in Well of Ascension, uh, and I missed this the first time I read Well of Ascension, but I caught it, you know, when we when we went over our reread. Uh, we saw that there was a map, and mm-hmm. and it was engraved in steel, and they were like, "Why is there a map here?" You know, yep. and and they didn't really circle back on it in Well of Ascension, but this is now we're figuring out. It said it was a map and it had a city like circled on it or whatever. And so they're following this like breadcrumb trail, you know, set up by there. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was set up in Well of Ascension that I didn't even know got mentioned was Set saying, we need to go back and take my, my city back. Dang obligators in charge of it. Because there's an obligator over yeah. there that's doing that's doing some stuff. And I, I remember reading that Well of Ascension going, ah, so this is set up this early. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, no, like... I don't, I still, you know, the finesse that Brandon has to just drop these things in your lap in front of you and you just go, mm, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and actually there's even more things that get, dang, that, that have been, you know, dangled in these chapters that we're going to see pay off even in a few more chapters. Um, but let's talk about ruin a little bit. Ruin. I, I want to, based on what we know now. So based on what we've seen in Marsh. Ruin has full control over the Steel Inquisitors. Yes. All right. Based on what we've seen so far, Ruin can alter the text and even the ferrochemical mines. Uh, or the the or my, uh, ferrochemical the mines. mines. Yeah. yeah. Ruin can hear everything and see everything you write. Yes. What is ruin? <laughs> so I mean, what, so un, so here's the thing: is when I was going, when I was trying trying through this, I was like, I, I didn't expect uh, to be in this uh, world. I, I didn't expect this part of the world to be sh- showing up, um, where there's something that uh, I think they said it in Well of Ascension. Um, Sazed said, "What if there was something so big?" so out there so enormous that it was hiding because it was everywhere kind of thing yeah and that seems like you know that was like the foreshadowing of what i imagine you know ruin at this point yeah says like in the very beginning of well of ascension when he was like coming to terms with having to go back to lufidel he was talking about that i guess it just feels like there's something too big and we talk about like this godlike power that gets thrown out to where you can move a planet and all this other stuff and it was released and that power almost certainly was, I mean, that was what this ruin was held back. I was, I want to say, I want to call ruin a literal God because I mean, in the, we, in the at least a level of omnipotence there in, in the epigraphs, like their epigraphs even state right here. Like, you know, um, let's see, where is it? Though the power he held seemed immense to him, it was truly only a tiny fraction of something much greater. He could move a freaking planet and alter the biology of the people on it. And it's a fraction of whatever 
is out there. And so, yes, that's, that's and we a, can assume that's ruin, right? That that's ruins power that he was using. You're supposed to use it up rather than release it. Right. And so the thing was, um, the thing is that, and this is where things get really, really shaken up. Cause again, let's, let's focus on where we came from. This was a, <laughs> this was a heist <laughs> to get some, get some, a, a treasure for a God emperor. Dude, he yeah. Dude, here's the thing, right? Like, I'm, yeah, going into this, right? Brandon one-upped us in the first book, and we thought that was the, the peak, right? Like, hey, this is a heist. We're gonna steal money from the God Emperor. Just kidding. We're gonna overthrow the government. Right. Wow, that's a really big markup from stealing from him. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, but here's the other thing: is we're finding out that Lord Ruler, maybe not a bad guy. I mean. I mean, a, ter- he, a terrible person, but but he like here's the thing, you know, we got medicine, food, and supplies, and all this all set up. You know, he planned for for this ahead of time. We found out he did some really really awful things, um, but it was because he's just screwed up a lot a lot of it. You know, in this yeah. case, he's talking about like the planet is a mood, the plants had to be changed, like all this other stuff. You know, it's like he tried to burn away the mist by moving the planets. And then was like, oh, I goofed because this immense power apparently didn't give him immense knowledge. Right. right. At least the little fraction he took. Right. And so he was like, oops. So it's like, it's like, yeah, all that stuff you thought about in the first book, uh, maybe not. And But I'm just saying that, like, now we're in this point where there are these godlike entities, you know, um, that exist. You know, we know that that there's something out there that can see everything, do everything, and has the ability to manipulate text and all this other stuff. We did not know what we were getting into yeah. with Mistborn, and that's what, and what what I love about it is it was all set up from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't like a oh that story did pretty good. Now I'm gonna like you know just keep upping the ante here. No, it was planned from the beginning that. Yeah, I I baited you in with a heist story to now where we're dealing with a godlike entity. Brandon pulled a heist. And and you know, again, look at where we started, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we got all sorts of weird weird new powers. We've got um all the big bads that we thought about before, now they're even worse. Oh, and here's the one thing I love about this series is we have not nerfed anyone. Like nope. Miss like Vin just keeps getting stronger. Ellen is super strong, you know, and we're still in this point where it's like, yeah, the big bad is still there, you know. Um, and there's like, and the you know that godlike emperor that who could do all these things. We can kind of explain those powers, but there's this other thing that he was trying to hold back this whole time, um, and now we're having to deal with that. Yeah, it is. Pretty crazy. The stakes continue to get ratcheted up here. Like, you think, oh, man, you think Well of Ascension, the tension ratchets. This one just keeps building and keeps going. It's so insane. The Hero of Ages is almost, except for one subplot that we're going to get to, um, Hero of Ages is almost all Ascender Lanch. Like, it's just a constant go just boom 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 um and so you know these following these epigraphs like this is when when it starts getting exciting because this is when we start actually seeing what the cosmere is capable of yeah and big thing here is moving into the next chapters 
Let's go ahead and see a little bit more backstory on the Chandra, and let's see why Kelsier is wrong, and that there is really, truly a reason to fear the mist. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.